Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. And I can't believe I'm interrupting my vacation for this. Why? This is your favorite thing. I'm John Hall. Hello from the Jersey Shore. From LBI. LBI, John Hall. LBI. It's uh, mere feet from the beach. This is the, the annual family vacation. So I'm sorry I missed last week, but uh, I was uh, uh, having my young child complain to me that the sand was too hot. So we, uh, we came back to the comfort of air conditioning and uh, computer games and I'm able to be with you guys, which is great because the accomplice today is somebody that I always like hanging out with. The accomplice today is somebody speaking of, speaking of uncomfortable, hot sand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Just, like sand. It gets in all the it gets places. In everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Cialetti has written yet another book just so he can come hang out with us. You know, we would have you on the show. You don't have to write a book every three weeks to get on the show, Jeff. Do you know that? Yeah, but I, I, I just want to keep my options open. So I know I only <laughs> write these now so I can be on this show. So I'm, I'm I don't, I don't care you, about yeah, but you, you can do other things. Yeah, it's, it's, you, 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 are you writing a book a week at this point? Like, no, this is actually my first one in three years. I haven't had one in three years. And I used to have one every year up until 2019. But this is, you know, it's been literally three years since my last one. So is that right? My God. So I guess I've just lost the entire COVID years because I feel like I saw you weeks ago. What, book, what book were you promoting when we were down at Carton eating hot sauce with Evan Watson? Oh, that was the last one. That was Drink Like a Geek. But yeah, that was like November of 2019. So we were talking mere months from the start of the pandemic. I'm, that feels right. like last week to me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, Jeff, I really feel I can't believe I haven't seen you since then. Man, well, feel, yeah, I guess spending. I haven't seen a lot of people since then, really. Speaking of which, I, th- I think we've segued nicely into the new books, at least title, uh, Introverted Drinking or Drinking for Introverts, right? Do I have that right? Say, say the for proper title. Imbibing, imbibing for, introverts. for introverts yes nice so tell us about that um not being it, you know you're on a show of non-introverts yeah i know that <laughs> tell us about that what's what's the well, idea is it you were trapped in your house for 48 months no and said, no it wasn't like that at all because honestly i had the idea for it um well before covid in fact i remember the moment I was talking about it, it was actually with Jeff Allworth. We were sitting at a bar in, um, in Portland called the chandelier. And I, I, it was a tiny little pocket bar. They closed for a while. 
and then they reopened, but they kind of changed their whole motif. But but that's regard, you know, that's irrelevant. But um, but it's this tiny little pocket bar, and I just like the vibe of it. I remember saying, I, I think I that may have been the moment I came up with her. It was the moment that I told him I was like, you know, I want to do a bar, I, I want to do a book just about kind of places to just kind of drink alone and be left alone and how you know like if you're an introvert and you just want to sip and not feel self-conscious and so that would that would have been like Huggy doesn't understand anything that you're saying right now yeah i mean oh. I, I thought i thought i thought we did this show in english um <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Augie sitting alone at a bar having a quiet drink by himself for more than I don't know Kennedy what 35 seconds John are you suggesting you sit alone in bars and have quiet drinks by yourself? Oh, no 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 okay. not at all <laughs> no I it's sure very do. dangerous when I'm left alone with my own thoughts I think the last time I did I that's how I convinced myself to do this show and look how that, how that went. Look at you yeah. now, all these years later. I um, give myself so, bad advice when I drink alone. <laughs> so, so I like the phrase "pocket bar." Um, what what do you think? What makes a a place good for solitary drinking versus terrible for solitary drinking outside, like crowded? I I, I think we can safely assume Hooters is not the place you're going for this quiet beer. But what do you have criteria that? that identify a good spot for a solitary libation? Um, you know, interestingly, I kind of, in the book, each chapter is kind of a different kind of place. And then I do um, like a few international ones as well, but mainly, yeah, you're right. Crowded. And that's just kind of a, that can just be a function of what time of day you go. It's not, it doesn't have to be. Um, I mean, you could, Originally, one of the chapters I ended up cutting because I had to like pare down. I went like 13,000 words over my word count on this. And so I just had to excise entire God, chapters. Why do you hate editors? <laughs> 13,000 words? Oh, my God. Well, the thing is, I pitched it as 45,000 words because I wanted it to be short. And <laughs> I ended up writing almost 60. And I was like, oh, wow, this. And I was, I was kind of hoping they'd be like, oh, we like it at its length. They're like, nope, you're going to chop this down. And so I was like, well, I can't just like cut little words here and there. I have to just like kill my darlings and just cut out entire chapters. And one of those chapters was like how to make, you know, how to be an introvert in a sports bar. And that unfortunately, it didn't make the final cut because it was probably the place I liked the least. But I actually, you know, made a case for, OK, you can actually enjoy yourself in a sports bar if even if you just want people to leave you alone and you're not in the sports because I'm not in the sports and I, I just want people to leave me alone. But if you really want to know the criteria, it's just a place where you can feel comfortable being alone. And, you know, you don't always have a choice, especially if you're on the road. Like the idea kind of comes from traveling from work a lot, traveling for work a lot. And, um, you know, I end up going out alone a lot. So, uh, for instance, I do like this whole uh, kind of crawl of dive bars in LA you know like mostly in the the valley because that they're kind of just known for their dive bars and like some of these places were open at like 6 a.m and I'd go I'd go around 8 a.m to kind of just see what the vibe is there and I absolutely loved it because it's like you get just the regulars you get a lot of kind of hard luck cases there and 
Um, part of the fun is just over, just, just not even so much people watching, but people listening, just eavesdropping on conversations and the sort of con- conversations that come up, you know, before 9am at a bar on a weekday, you know? <laughs> so it's like, what, what, what do you, me. what do you, what do you personally drink at 8am? What's, what's your 8am LA bar libation? What, what, what do you drink in that moment? I mean, there wasn't any one thing. I mean, for instance, like, I'm like, well, I'm here. I feel like if you're an 8 a.m. drinker, you have to have your drink. Well, of course, of course, I'll always have at that or I'll always have a Bloody Mary. But I that's how I start. I was sitting there and I actually write about this in the book. I'm I'm sitting there like, what next? Like, you know what? I have a I, I have a theory, you know, I hate. Uh, first of all, I wanted to have a Boilermaker. I'm like, I need to have a Boilermaker because this is a yeah, place see, you have that strikes me as a good 8 a.m. decision. Yeah, yeah but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, like so, a rusty nail. Yeah, mm. and well, the thing was, I was like, okay, let me just do like a classic... Harvey Wallbagger? Log- <laughs> like, I start with a classic, like a lager and a, and, and a shot of Jameson. But then I'm like, you know what? As I'm getting tipsier and tipsier, let me test some theories. I never drink... Um, screwball but this is going to be the time i drink screwball and i want to see if i drink that with a pint of guinness if it's going to taste like a reese's peanut butter cup and it kind of did screwball wait i don't know what it's it's peanut peanut butter butter flavored flavored whiskey why but see jeff i feel like if you're gonna start like day drinking like early you can't start with screwball that's like the school lunchtime of 11 15 (laughs) a.m I didn't like start that's with where, it. That's it where was... the peanut butter whiskey starts coming in. And then you follow it up with like a rosé. And Kennedy, then I've lost it's complete your, control it's your here. peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I, I, it was probably 10 a.m. by the time I had the screwball. So I was close. Uh, I, you must have like a nap built into the day, right? At this point. Or have you been up all night? No, I actually got up early for that. And um, I did. I did end up crashing midday because I was pretty much um, inebriated by by 11 a.m. I feel like if the bar is empty enough and they're cool, you could just tip the bartender an extra couple of bucks and put your head down on the uh, on the bar top for an hour. Oh, and plenty of people did. I mean, those regulars, that's a lot of them were there for that. I, I, I didn't feel that comfortable to do that, but I totally would have if like I just couldn't move. How, how did you get hepatitis? Oh, from a bar. <laughs> <laughs> a bar top in the valley. Oh boy. Jesus, man. So I, I like that as you tell this story, you're like, I was pretty drunk by 11. You had to be pretty drunk by nine if that screwball stuff occurred to you. Well, I didn't get there. I didn't get there till eight. I didn't go at 6 a.m. I was like, I'm not getting up that early. And, right. um, but I do, I did want to be like, who, who are the people who were here before 9 a.m.? And like, and were they um, drinking screwball? Like, was this? They weren't drinking screwball. They, they just looked like they were. You know, I saw some beer, but, you know, I also saw um, a lot of, you know, vodka on the rocks and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, and a lot of them did not, not to, okay. A lot of them also, it's not like these were just, you know, I, I I joke that there are a lot of horrible, like, some of these people like work the late shift at whatever job they were at. And this is kind of after work for them. But then there were others, like, others were like, I, I a little overheard this where they were like, um, well, I guess I'm going to have another. It's not like I'm getting to work today. And it was just sort of like, oh my God. Like yeah. their day was over. They're like, okay, 
I, I've that's passed like a, sort of the point of no return, and I, I guess I'm calling in sick today. <laughs> that's the uh, that's like the you know Tangare hold the lime, hold the ice. Yeah, very dry. John, yeah. John, do you love the the image of of Jeff setting an alarm, getting up in the morning, like dusting off the front of his pants? And like, <laughs> well, I guess I got to go to work and drink at eight a.m. and make this book special. I do love yeah, that. I, I, I love that image. I love I think, that I, image. I think that is one of the I, cool things about like the job that we have as as writers and you know putting ourselves into these situations because. I mean, a lot of the time, you know, drinking culture is fictionalized um, or glamorized or whatever in movies or in other books or, you know, whatever. Um, but to get out there and actually, like, see what a normal 9 a.m. is, is, I mean, that's a cool perk of this job, even if sometimes it's kind of grim to witness. I, I just, yeah. I, for some reason, Jeff, I can't, like, I don't know why you would be sleeping in dusty jeans, but I imagine this morning <laughs> involved you standing up next to your bed and like patting the dust out of the thighs of your jeans before you went well because he was on the mechanical bull the night before what oh right yeah you know like in my head this is like a a patting the thighs and beating the dust out of the jeans to go work at the drinking at 8 a.m job all right but you know what you say no more than three pats that's right i'll let you have that i'll let you have that fantasy augie you can have that in your mind's eye if you want i'm not going to dispute it and then you don a cap of some kind, hopefully five gallons or more. When he when head, he writes head into the valley for your for your morning, your morning cocktail. When he writes the memoir one day, if it's not called Dust in My Chinos, I don't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, so let's get to beer one. Hey, why um, why am I why am I taking time out of my vacation, Augie? Why, why are we together? Let me start with Jeff. Do you have the beer? Yeah, they're Mark three and four. Those are the ones you wanted me to do. Yep. You're going to be on yeah. three. Pour that into okay. something and start drinking it. Am I drinking the um, tall one or the short one? The short one. Short the shorter one. one. Neither one okay. is short. Um, so what brings us together on Steelers Beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we hoped it would be. What it's doing, not what we were told it would do. And how it tastes, not how hard it was to get. To facilitate that, we drink blind. Kennedy has mailed us aluminum clad cans of varying heights yeah they, it, it 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 stuck this time yeah well t- i don't know about you I, I actually complained about this on the last show but so after so jeff the last time we've been doing this in this version of the show for over two years now but for the first time i got like a a half wrapped can that like the minute i open the box i was like justin is never gonna rip this down (laughs) i I don't even know why justin keeps up with us i could see the label so i was like there's there's no secret here for me i know what i'm drinking but this time to completely overcompensate the other way the box my beer came in was like i needed a steak knife my keys couldn't break the tape it was (laughs) it was it was the most sealed box i've ever gotten in my life um anyway to facilitate this we drink blind out of these aluminum clad cans i am drinking out of black glasses so is kenneth hall did you bring your black glasses no i'm drinking directly from the foiled sealed can Ooh, so you know what's funny is i bet this beer is great for that i love this beer yes i'm so happy with this beer i need to change my perspective because so you know, again, I, I don't want to beat the vacation thing, but you know, I've been on the beach all morning, and there are certain beers that hit right when you're on the beach. 
I feel like this would be one of them though. No. So this beer has a little bit more body to it and a little bit more sweetness to it. And if, if, if it's in the lager family, I, I, I can't, I'm not quite sure where it is. This is more of like a lake beer, uh, a, a river tubing beer, um, something with like a little bit more shade to it than the direct sunlight. There's just something about it, like where this is a great warm weather beer. I don't know if it's right for the situation that I'm currently ensconced in. All right. I get that. Um, this is going to sound like it's something I don't like, but it's what I love about it. It tastes cheap to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a cheap beer. Like in, a, in the best possible way. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know I'm now I mean? putting this like, together in my mind. Okay. This is something you buy a 30-pack of. Yeah, kind of. Um, this is a good tailgating beer. Right. Like, like I, I don't know what beers in my head that there's, there's, it's like the most, like everything about it just tastes like classic. You know what I mean? And not just like, you know, what I mean? like, 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 oh, that tastes like hop. You know what I mean? Like, like some nondescript European bittering hop. And oh, that tastes like fermented malt. And, it's so tiny. beer in other words <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean like like i don't i don't i guess it probably is a lager right but it doesn't taste it doesn't have that ashy no. lager crispy dryness it's just no it's it, there's a it just tastes like it. fucking beer like if if we pull the label we pull the aluminum off this and it's like a white can with a blue line and says beer yeah i'm gonna be delighted by that you know yeah. what i mean like jeff you've got it what do you think of it am i being me, I don't mean to be mean. I respect it, but it, it tastes to me like store brand beer. Is this is this number three you're talking about? <laughs> yep, 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 yeah. We go in numerical yep. order. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I my first thought was it kind of reminds me. I mean, I would say it almost tilts more into the Kolsch area, and it kind of reminds me of um, St. Arnold's Fancy Lawnmower a little bit. Um, yeah. Okay, but that's—it's it, the... missing that crispness for me. It has more of that sweet than crisp. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, mm. but it's definitely it's it's definitely a, a good summer beer. But yeah, I feel like yeah, if you gave me this in one of those like sixteen ounce white styrofoam cups with like that thick one inch lip around the top of it, <laughs> I'd be like, "Yep, that's how you drink this beer." Like that would be proper glassware, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're, I, I, I really I, like this beer. <laughs> I it 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 makes me you know wish that I was on a different uh, body of water at the moment. Yeah, I feel like your lake call is is fucking genius. Like, yeah, it's it's if this was you know a, a a light lager, if this was something, it's not that, but like it it it's so situational. But yeah, um, so I would uh, I would grab a thirty rack of this. Because I assume that this comes in 30 racks. But it's a 16-ounce um, can. That would be the heaviest. That'd be yeah. 30 pounds. Well. <laughs> All right. It, I, I would grab a, a, a cardboard-wrapped 12-pack of this yeah. and, uh, and get on an inner tube and you know, enjoy yeah. this on the eddies. Yeah, this beer definitely belongs in a cooler. Um, in the styrofoam cooler. The, the the disposable styrofoam cooler like yeah. the, hey let's go fishing oh fuck we forgot a cooler <laughs> um 
<laughs> right yeah, here on here on LBI. If you want one of those, it's just a mere twenty two ninety nine for well, it's a infl- uh, it's inflation that can maybe hold three and a half cans. <laughs> COVID COVID inflation, John. COVID inflation. It's, so it's going to last a million years in a landfill. It's so bad. Augie, so <laughs> I was walking through the through the liquor store the other day. I didn't know, and this is apparently a thing. Most breweries now um, are doing two packs. Uh, and they're using the the plastic disposable rings. So um, I, I had no idea, but that's apparently what LBI uh, uh, wants uh, from their beer these days. As liquor stores are just repacking things, just cutting uh, uh, cutting uh, packaging. Yeah, they're pulling off the pack decks and selling two packs of uh, <laughs> of sixteen ounce cans for what is, what, what is twelve ninety nine? Twelve ninety nine. Wow. Fuck me. <laughs> I told you, I told you, so Jeff, we, this summer, we, we started doing 12 packs of 12 ounce cans, you know, cardboard Mm -hmm. suitcases. And I've been to five or six stores that are breaking them down and selling them as four packs in our pack techs. So we've gone through all the energy and we're actually hand packed. Right, we're still a tiny brewery. We don't have a machine, so I'm personally filling these fucking suitcases with beer, and I'm walking into stores and they're breaking them open. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> like, I that's amazing. I mean, wasted that's work, just, wasted work. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, All right, you guys uh, want to know what this beer is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You might as oh, wait, well. Did Jeff write his sentence? Yeah, Jeff, where are you drinking this beer? Oh, where am I drinking this beer? Yeah, where, um, where, where's I... the right place for this beer? Um, I am going to say the right place for this beer is um, just sitting at a picnic table outside a food truck eating a hot dog in the 95 degree heat, 98% humidity, um, and just washing down chili dog after chili dog with it. Yeah. Outside the tasty dog. freeze. So like I said, I didn't want to be subject to the power of suggestion, but as I was drinking this beer and you were telling us the story, I feel like this beer would wash a shot of JMO down exactly right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Can we you all just I mean? agree like, though that Bushmills is the superior mass produced Irish whiskey, even though it's uh, drinking through the wrong Bible? I well, you're, you're, you got to be careful because that's that you could start a war because yeah. that's Northern Ireland yeah. and you're going <laughs> to get like, troubles. you're talking about Protestant whiskey, man. Yeah, it's, it. it's, it's the far, it. it's the far superior. Um, can't do it. Can't do as it. a quick aside before Justin does the thing years ago. And I mean, I was super young and didn't know. Anything Are you not worried about the clear bottle light striking your light striking your whiskey? Well, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> before I knew any better. Uh, and I was a very, very young drinker and early drinker and April and I were dating and I went to visit her family in upstate New York, uh, who are very Irish and very Catholic. I wanted to bring her uncle, who is the patriarch of the family, something nice. And I bought a bottle of Bushmills because it was in like one of these like fancy, we're going to charge you $40 more for this decanter bottle kind of thing, mm-hmm. not understanding the religious or implications and so 20 years later when he died and we were at the house we found the bottle that had been tucked away and never opened (laughs) in the back of the cabinet um so i took it back and enjoyed the shit out of it but yeah um know your know your religions and your whiskeys kids that's the that's what i have to say just do you drinking 
Wait, do you know that Tanqueray falls under that same umbrella? No, Tanqueray. Tanqueray is the Catholic gin. Mm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, that explains Father O'Brien. There you go. All right, Kennedy, <laughs> what are we drinking as right, I move this, on to beer two? This is a cream ale from our favorite uh, Hudson Valley Brewery, Newburgh. Oh, you Brewery. son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. oh I yeah. wasn't even close. Love it, it all makes no, sense. No, you were. You were not. I think, we were I all think this is a. Cool. I think this is a Jenny quote, right? So John was dancing around it with dirty packs. So I think this is probably a tribute to Jenny Cremail. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is, God, I was thinking that, of Jenny Cream, but I didn't. Now want to that I it. know it's okay. Newburgh Cremail, I wish I thought it was Jenny Cremail because I think that's what I was tasting, right? And I think last time I had a Jenny Cremail, I had it in a white styrofoam cup, some hipster bar in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like I think. I think I was all the way there, except didn't, except didn't sucking on a chili me. dog. Yeah, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog, sucking on a chili dog. That's gonna be that's gonna be on John Mellencamp's gravestone. That that phrase is gonna follow him around into the afterlife. Hey Jeff, as we're thinking about drinking alone, right, and you're at these places, there's also something to be said about eating alone when you're drinking alone as well. And are there acceptable things that you found like is it still the pickled eggs off of the uh uh off of the bar at 9 a.m or does does your mindset change you know are you still ordering the the nachos for two when you're drinking it's definitely a a when in rome situation depending on the bar you're in but um like yeah you know peanuts at the dive bar um occasionally they'll they'll put out other snacks like sometimes they'll have like these i don't know if they're like grilled cheeses or something it's just like really kind of um low-end stuff but you know there have been times too when like i I have a chapter on sake bars i'm i'm going you know full sushi with this stuff too i mean i i again it just depends on where you are and then there's another one i go to these library bars like the one in like the multnomah whiskey library and the Brandy yeah. Library in, in yeah. New York. And it's like, you know, I'm eating a $25 cheeseburger at the Multnomah Whiskey <laughs> Library, you know? So it's like, it's probably the cheapest next item time, on the menu. Can I, can, I, can I make a suggestion next time you're there? Because one of my favorite things is Brandy Library makes a very good gougere, like a cheese puff. And with Calvados, it's pretty fucking awesome. So next time you're there, get a Calvados and a Gougere. And you'll be like, damn it, Augie, you're right. This is tasty. That, no, definitely. I mean, it's, you definitely got, I, I was drinking the Calvados. I was down in that stuff. But I, I don't think I did the cheese puff. So I will have to yeah, do that something next about, time. But I am something a huge about, Calvados fan. But something about, it's like, you know, it's like, I'm sure it's something from my childhood. But it's just that cheese and the apples is <laughs> so nice. Well, it's like getting um, a cheese plate. You know, you get little slices of apple. It's there for a reason, you know. That's right. I love the idea of thinking about you in like third grade and everybody else <laughs> doing their box juice box, and you're, you know, your parents You've have got- packed you a like a little a little bottle of Calvados. I just yeah, in totally a fancy tracks. charcuterie totally plate. Tracks. Are you saying that isn't your experience? No, it's, I'm sorry, John. John, I I, I, w- I wish you had more fun. Augie was the inspiration for Lunchables. Um, <laughs> that's uh somebody, somebody's I forget what it was, but a meme hit my feed the other day that charcuterie is French for we're out of bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Jeff, let's get back to I. I 
you've always let us and it's funny because we are a beer show but you've always let us down interesting paths of of cocktail culture and malort and stuff like that so what's uh i want to get back into more things to drink like slices of the hours of the day so Another great time to hit the bar is 2.33. Well, everybody that didn't skip work because they got one too many vodkas in the morning. Um, what, 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 what's like, talk me through your, you've got, we've got your JMO and Jenny Cream Ale at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking at lunch? What are you drinking in the afternoon? What are you drinking in the evening? What are you drinking after dinner? Um, I would say like early afternoon lunchtime, I'm probably going for a gin and tonic. Um, followed by whatever beer they it, again it depends on the bar i mean if it's a beer bar obviously i'm going to drink something um a little more specific than whatever they have on tap you know just kind of um but yeah I'll, I'll usually start with a gin and tonic then then i'll have like um i probably drank a lot more guinness than i typically drink when i'm in those dive bars because most of them tend to have it and sometimes i'm just in the mood for a stout versus you know a core is light um so that and then as we get later in the day then i'm probably starting to get into the more what you would think of as cocktails you know i'd go for the old fashions early and and it's and it's funny especially if you're talking about a dive bar and I don't want I don't want people to think this is just a book about dive bars. That was just my favorite my favorite chapter to write. Um, but um, but I mean like old fashioned. You know everybody can make an old fashioned, but the quality of that old fashioned can vary wildly. And at these places, you know, don't get your hopes up because it's going to come. You know, you're going to basically have you know, they might have an old bottle of old granddad behind the bar and they're going to pour you that it's going to be watered down. There's going to be a maraschino cherry in it. And, um, you know, sometimes you may even find a splash of orange juice in there. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Tropicana, you know, so it's like, so don't get your hopes. It's just like, just enjoy the the experience. And then, you know, obviously if you're in a, a bona fide cocktail bar, I'm still, that's, that's the funny thing is I was like, like when you, when I go to the craft cocktail bars, which, you know, tend to be, I think four, four or 5 PM tends to be the sweet spot for that. Cause I mean, mainly because I, I go earlier, but most of them don't open till 4 PM. Um, right. But, um, but that you, you got to obviously beat the crowd and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably preaching to the choir on that, but, um, <laughs> but it's, um, but those places, it's like, they're trying to wow me with their, their fancy, um house cocktails that you can only get there but that stuff doesn't tend to interest me all that much i usually just default to the old-fashioned because that's how i measure how good a bar is if they can make a good old-fashioned then they can make anything good if they can't get the old-fashioned right how you expect me to trust you on all your signature cocktails you know do you feel that way about the margaritas so no um my version of what Jeff's describing is actually the South Side. Margaritas. Tell me about, tell me about that, Johnny. No, margaritas are my my control for I don't trust them. Right? Because the, okay. the five ingredient margarita we've talked about. So so margaritas like my hotel bar drink, my airport bar drink, because because 
Jeff, I don't, you, you're welcome to not agree with me, but I believe a margarita is just tequila, Cointreau, lime juice, salt, and ice. That's it. No sour oh, mix, no, no simple syrup, no nothing. Like, so, you know, pretty much every bar I've ever walked into has half a lime, a bottle of Cointreau, and a bottle of tequila. So that's, that's how I, that's my control for I don't trust this place, right? Is put these five things into a glass and hand it to me and we'll be fine. Um, the South yeah, side, it's, it's essentially Hall. a tequila sour. That's the way you got to kind of look at it, you know, in exactly. the same way that a daiquiri is like a rum sour, you know, you just, yep. that, that's in its barest form. Yep. So hey, the Cass, South side, up, I'm going to ask you a question next, but after Augie tells me about the South side, the South side, John Hall, what I love about South side is somehow it's been flim flammed. Um, by a lot of people into what is essentially a mojito, but a south side is gin, lemon juice, mint, um, and it's called a south side. It's been taken around the world as pretty much any sour plus mint. So you can get a, a rum south side, you can get a vodka south side, you can get a whiskey south side. It's just, you know, basically people just put, um, you know, ex booze plus sour mix plus spearmint, shake it, pour it, serve it. Um, sometimes there's lemonade in it. But a proper south side at a real cocktail bar, if the real, you know, barkeep knows what they're doing, is the loveliest of drinks. I like gin more than everything else anyway. It's definitely my my go-to if if we're experimenting, we gotta we gotta talk about this uh, gin drink at some other point that my buddy Nate Schweber just turned me on to, which is a Devoto Dry, uh, which is off of his new book. But it's uh, gin, vermouth, and lemon peel, but at the right uh, dry vermouth. Yeah, interesting. It's delightful. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that a martini? I'll tell you about it later. But hey, Cass, you travel a lot. What is your I think you're right, Jeff. I think that is the original martini recipe. What do you go to? I usually get an old-fashioned in Manhattan. Okay, great. That's (laughs) what what you want more. You want more detail than that? (laughs) Usually, I sort of teed you up. You've been quiet the entire episode. I'm teeing you up. And we want details on every ingredient for like at least a minute before somebody jumps on you. Um. Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> Justin. Justin, what do you drink? What's your? How do you measure a bar? Um, a cocktail bar. Justin, <sighs> he's worse than me. A <laughs> uh, cocktail bar, Negroni. That's what I would. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. That's respectable. That's that that keeps pretty some easy history. to make a good Negroni. If it's shitty, then yeah, it's. I, I know we have to talk about beer too, but I'm I'm curious, <laughs> and and I feel like Augie will jump in on this as well. But Jeff, when you're talking about though drinking alone and wanting to drink alone, it's been my experience that the various sides of the economic spectrum offer the most chances for a quiet experience. If you walk into a dive bar, the bartender there and the other patrons are probably not going to talk to you unless you're ordering something. And also if you're at a very high end bar, they're only going to talk to you if you need to talk to them. 
invite like you know or to well, they won't even make eye contact with you right <laughs> so, but 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 in the middle of the normal neighborhood bars where you know there's an era of good feelings or applebee's or quick service or any of these other you know places where customer service is sort of drilled into people where it's every four and a half minutes how you doing are you liking that can i get you anything else you almost if you want to drink alone properly it strikes me that it's you're on what like you know the the dollar beer and shot place or the this is our forty dollar cocktail place to get the most solitude. So, what you were saying you want me to agree with you? Or? I don't know. I I, 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 that's my theory. You wrote the no. It's book. again. It's like it. It just depends on the time and the level. I mean, yeah. Um, I think now though you know, customer service is a little out of whack because you're, you've got the sort of labor shortage issue and, you know, you're lucky you get your right order now because they're so short staffed. Um, so I don't think there's even room for that kind of um, sort of textbook, see you every four minutes and find out how you're doing. I think people are just in survival mode now with everything. So, I mean, again, this is going to change when everything gets back to normal if that ever happens. But, um, but I think, um, but even, even in a dive bar though, um, it's not entirely true that the bartender is not going to talk to you. I mean, I've, uh, for half the places I went to in LA, for instance, um, you know, the, the bartender would address me by name, you know, like, I guess, because, because I gave him my, my credit card, obviously to open a tab. So they knew my name, but they would keep, um, addressing me by name and like, you doing okay. And all that stuff. And then, you know, they would go off and um, listen to the regulars rant and stuff, but they, they did try to give it that personal touch. And I guess that's what keeps people drinking there. Um, but I, I'm sure as it gets more crowded, they're less likely to do that. But cause like, I'm talking like three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, aside from those early morning spots. And even then the bartender was, was sort of like just on and, um, trying to take care of me and everything like that. And, you know, I, I appreciated that for that because, um, you know, they don't try to have a conversation with you, but they, they appreciate that you exist. If that makes, (laughs) if that makes sense, it's not like I walked in, it's not like walking into the old Western saloon and the music stops and everybody looks at you as you come in in silence um, you actually feel like, yeah, I could hang out here for a few hours and just kind of waste the rest of my day here. I, I totally You've get always that. been more of a record scratch guy for me anyway. Totally a record scratch guy. But yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about this beer too? Uh, it sounds like you want to. Do you want to start? I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this because I was brought up in an era of beer where Green Apple was one of those things that you you shouldn't really embrace. And there is a green apple jelly rancher that sometimes gets into tart pear and like crab apple. And I, I it's, but it's kind of fun and there's like a honey thing. And I, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused why this is in a stovepipe. Yeah. So I think Kennedy's, I think Kennedy, this is a very strong beer. Yep. And, I think Kennedy is 
really trying to kill you and me. This is, I, this is I, three weeks giddy, in a row. He's giddy by it. And honestly, three after seven years of, of that he's finally getting around to killing us, it tracks. Yeah, but 80 proof fucking 22 ounce beers. I don't, I don't know why he keeps doing this to us. Anyway, so John, you missed the last episode. I did. Do you do you have beer one near you? Uh, yeah. Can you open it and taste it for me? Beer one or beer two, Augie? Beer one. Okay. Is that? Am I going the big guy or the little guy? The little guy. Uh, yeah. So, I like. I really like everything you just said. Hang on. But before you taste it, though, let me say what I'm going to say, because you might not want to taste it. Uh Um, So beer one tasted very margarita to me. It's a lime salt. uh, Oh, that's what it is. Okay, I'm tasting it right. This is what I want to be drinking on the beach right now. Right. Okay, but so so I guess what I'm saying is I appreciated every descriptor you gave of this monstrosity I'm sipping on. Uh-huh. But all it's doing for me is pulling the lime out of that first beer. Like when you said green apple, I got it. When you said honey, I got it. When you said pear, I got it. But all I was tasting was I thought he'd given us another lime, but another lime beer. But I can see that there's a tartness. There, there, there's a tartness, but it's 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 that apple pear tartness as opposed to citric yeah. tartness. Yeah, you've saved this beer for me though, because because okay. I was like I was like, oh, he just gave us two margarita beers back to back, but this one clearly has no. This is the, way yeah, more it, booze. I, I think had I had th- this is f- um oh that's Lawson's okay, um yeah. uh yeah that's a fun beer. Um, I'm gonna when we're done, I'm gonna carry that back with me. But I feel like I it's confusing me on this beer because all I'm really getting out of this beer besides a refreshing of that those lime notes is booze so i i i don't know i thought it was i guess now i think it might be a sour but before i thought it was a like something with acidity mixed in jeff what are you getting on this one you've got a fresh palate what are you tasting um and i'm assuming this is the one numbered four yeah it's the, <laughs> the are you new to this show <laughs> The, uh, well, this is not it used. No, the way you yeah. used to do it is I used to bring the beer. Remember, I used right. to always know what it was. Yeah, and he hasn't done it several times. Yeah, he hasn't done. Yeah, it I, I haven't done. COVID I haven't done this virtually before, so this is all new to me. You're right, but I, I think I, I'm not getting like super boozy. I don't know where. I, no, I, I think it's kind. No, I get. I definitely get like the orchard fruit thing, and it's got some wildness to it. It almost reminds me of like a like a Spanish cider, like from the Astorius region, you know, like one of those, but not even, not quite as fun. But it has that apple thing. Yeah, there's definitely apple there. I mean, totally. I mean, even a little cherry, I would say, but, um, but yeah, that's why it kind of reminds me of a cider. I would almost, you know, if you told me this was a cider, I'd believe you. But again, it's like, I'm not getting like a phenolic boost thing or like it's more in like the body and the mouthfeel where, Everything just feels warm. Yeah. Yeah. But not hot. No, warm, 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 warm. And, and I might be so, Jeff, it's possible you're right. This is 4% beer. And I'm just a little gun shy because <laughs> Kennedy keeps trying to kill me with this size can. <laughs> but it definitely tastes, I, I'm, I'm definitely putting it around 9% in my face. 
Um, and it's it's making my like my head lull to the left a little. Um, I'm going back to the cream ale. Um, all right. So where are you drinking it? I guess I like your. We could go with your Gougere, right? We're back to apples, all the way back to Calvados. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm eating this with some some Gruyere cheese and and uh and just uh hoping it's toasty. I you know I'm I'm thinking like beef bourguignon or something like that. Ooh. You know I want I want something stewy with this. I don't know why. It's just I guess maybe because it evokes that sort of um you know like I mentioned like Spanish cider or even French cider, you know, we're basically where Calvados comes from in that region. They're just as known for the cider. So I guess I'm starting to think, I don't know. I, I think autumnal and I think um, that's the sort of food that I want to have with this. I'm going to put this in a paper bag and uh, drink it on the train as the brewer intended with this, with this stove pipe. We talked about that on the last stove pipe, which was, uh, a nine percent IPA. Thank Steal you. Steal this stovepipe. Steal this stovepipe. All right, uh, Kennedy. What is it? This is from Victory Brewing. This is Sour <laughs> Monkey. This is a, their sour <laughs> version of their triple. What uh, I love about this, as I've just unwrapped it, uh, only halfway down at this point, there is a huge bubble graphic at the very top, boasting the nine point five percent ABV. I, this does it. not taste. This does not taste nine point. Maybe no, I'm but it is. But this is a selling point from uh, Bill Kovaleski and Robert <laughs> Gay, where you know most brewers would hide that somewhere on the can. They are making this a feature yeah. right on the top of it. Good for them. You know what I like about it is their choice of green for the monkey tongue. Oh, it's yeah, definitely it's like Jolly the, Rancher yeah. Green Apple Green. So they, they're definitely leaning into that, at least in their Pantone choice. Um, fuck, dude. Fuck you, Kennedy. Um, <laughs> wow. Why, I, I, I want to explore this idea of why such boozy beers come in big cans. I don't, I don't really get it. I think it should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's meant to share, but who would? No, you know? it's not meant to share. A can? Come on. No. I mean, a can's never meant to share, but I'm thinking like they, they just hope that you have a couple of glasses on you because um, I, yeah, I, I that's crazy. That, yeah, it doesn't seem responsible to put a nine and a half ABV beer in a 20 ounce can. You think it's irresponsible. Kennedy keeps putting it in the mail every Saturday. Hey, they sell it. I got to send it to you. Guys. <laughs> you're, you're doing God's work, Justin, and I it's appreciate like, you for it. An exploration of the Justin. current format. I mean, there's so many other beers that are there and all of them are eight percent plus it's crazy <laughs> all right so it's time to wrap things up um fuck you this justin was fun. and your powerful boozy boozy do you have a letter for us sir i didn't last time i don't today sorry oh god damn it all right well jeff keep drinking alone i guess but we'd like to see you for a drink you're going to be out east anytime soon can we can we grab a beer with you i mean out east i live in the east all right you know what i mean in our area <laughs> in yeah. our area yeah. i'm still i'm yes, still in the yes. valley in my head i'm still in the valley in my head watching yeah, yeah. dust off your jeans oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm gonna be up a, a few times in the next couple of months it's so funny when i when i invited jeff on the show he said in person or virtual and i said well virtual and he said oh good i don't have to drive up so, but <laughs> i would have i totally would, have, would have yeah i know uh, yeah it's well if you're a th- 
thief and you've been listening to us for seven years, you probably have an entire shelf of your library dedicated to Jeff's books at this point. Uh, but add this one to it. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm excited. And I, I like the idea of a so I've now got a picture in my head of that orange juice old fashioned and one of those. Remember those kind of like trapezoidal glasses with a little like circle of glass and then a foot. The cocktails would come in, Do you know, the little tiny cocktail glass I'm talking about. No, I'm picturing that. Uh, I'm picturing it, an old fashioned with an orange juice floater in that glass at 9 a.m. And well done. And I feel like I got to make that come together. All right. Uh, hey, Jeff, anyway, the book is available for pre-order, right? When does it come out? Yeah, the official drop date is November 15th. Oh, cool. Um, so we'll just... have to have you back on when it actually yeah, when <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> Skyhorse Publishing is the publisher. Right on. And uh, you didn't think about December 26th as a release date? Oh, just me, just me wow. out on that one for years. I, I don't, I don't make the decisions on when my books come. That's out. exactly right, Jeff. You don't make the decisions. <laughs> and sometimes it works, and sometimes you get Justin. <laughs> and sometimes you get Justin. Oh, Jeff, I love having you. Thanks for coming on. Um, Cass, oh, thanks for tell them me. how to give us money. Yes, Patreon. we need money. <laughs> so we can keep buying these tall boys for Hall and Olga to get Randy on the weekends with. um yeah so thank thanks to all the patreons that do contribute it, it really goes a long way uh, follow us on all social medias at steal this beer facebook twitter the gram and see what we are drinking on on tap steal this beer and yes write us letters steal this beer podcast at gmail.com all right, y'all, get at us. Cheers. Cheers.